The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. Tonight, kids, uh, uh, Doug McLeod is here. Hello, Doug. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Rick. Natalie. Hey, Doug. Hi. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming down. I've heard so much about you. I've heard some of your your records. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan immediately. Thank Uh, you. Everybody I have spoken to about you have said, you've got to hear this man play. Uh And uh, I saw a little, I didn't, I haven't gotten out to the jam to watch you work out there, but I've seen some of the video out there. And by God, you know how to hold a room. I mean, you've got them by the, by the short and curlies down there. uh, Well, I, uh, that was uh, maybe I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> the way you put it, I don't know how to respond to that. You should put it on a T-shirt. I don't know. Uh, maybe name your next record. Sh- got you by the short and curly. Well, I don't know. Uh, how would you like that, honey? You like that? <laughs> you, uh, I understand you're originally from California, but you've just moved here. Is that right? Right. We we lived in California uh, 30 years. I uh, I went out to boot camp there. I'm originally from St. St. Louis. And joined the Navy, and uh, they sent me, instead of going to Chicago, where most of us went back in those, those days, if you're from this part of the country. Right. We went out to L.A., uh, to San Diego for boot camp, and I'd never seen any weather like that, where it was, it was cold at night, you had to have a blanket, but in the, in the daytime, it was warm. Right. And I said to myself, once I realized what I could be getting into, I said, if I get out of this alive, this is where I'm going to live. You yeah. Know? So we moved out there. Lived there for, I, I don't know, 35 years, I think I was out there. Yeah. Well, but there's my wife, you know. She's, she's there she to correct the you. correct machine. That's, well, that, no, that's good. You got you to you got you have that. Uh, does she have to be this close? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does, actually. Uh, uh, so what brought you to, to, to Memphis? Is it the music that brought you here? or the, Well, kind of both. It certainly isn't the weather, I don't think. No, uh, but you know what it was? It came out here for the... Blues Music Awards, and um, I liked it. I, I, I liked the feeling of it, and then I started to realize how much you folks here in this city appreciate the history of, of the music that has come from Absolutely, here. yeah. And it just felt right, and I told Patty, my wife, I said, uh, let's, I want you to go, and let's, let's see what it's like. And we both felt like this was the place to come, you know. It's, it's, so that's how we got here. It's different than the West Coast now, isn't it? Man, I tell you, I tell you, you're rush out. I don't know if I can take your rush out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Almost want to move back to California. No. Man. <laughs> oh come on, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, I, no, I know it's it's uh, over the. I'm and I'm a transplant myself. I know a lot of a lot of people that that are like that. They come here and they get sucked into the the orbit of what Memphis is. Yeah. And it is, it's is—it's a bit of a culture shock mm-hmm. for a lot of folks when they first get here, but they, they it, it grows on you. Memphis, I, I, say, I like to say that Memphis kind of grows on you like a fungus. It just kind of creeps up yeah. on you, and it does kind of, it holds you. It does hold you. you know. We both feel that now. This is this is the place for us. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here, and I'm, I'm always excited when musicians move to, to our little area. Because Memphis, I think over the past at least four or five years, at least to me, we're starting to see more and more of that. We're, we're seeing a lot of entertainers that want to come here and get out of Nashville. We were talking about Dell Watson before we got on. Right. He's a good example of that. But you got a, you got a lot of guys that are moving out of those former entertainment type of towns or that were so big because they've gotten plastic and their punch clock stuff. And here there's a lot of soul, and it's like yeah. we're here for the humans. We're here for the music. 
Yeah, that's the feeling you get. I mean, all you got to do is just come through here, and just and you 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 realize it. You can tell by the people and so on. So yeah, that's why it's comfortable here. It is comfortable, and the food's good. The food is great. <laughs> the only thing, but my wife fixed it. I, I also barbecue. That's nervous to say here in this town, but. No, you're all I right. Do. You're all right. <laughs> I do. I, I love smoking. You know, I love to. And what I haven't been able to find is pecan wood. Now, I like to use pecan wood for fish and for mm-hmm. chicken. Mm-hmm. Right? I like that's like the Louisiana kind of thing that they do. Sure. And I'm from like South it. Texas, so I, I understand the whole you know pecan thing. Yeah. 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 And I couldn't find any pecan wood here, so my wife Patty went to Amazon.com. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you can you can buy your. I got pecan wood. Yeah, there's a there's a cord of pecan wood in the driveway. What the hell happened? Hey, but you know, you, some sacrifices can be survived. You know, for for me, it was uh, it was finding a decent Mexican restaurant. You know, and now yeah. I've I've gotten to there's a bunch of them here that are pretty good, but it's not what I'm used to. You know. Well, you got to tell us about that because one thing Southern California did have. It's oh, of course. Mexican, you know, in those places that you would not take your mother to. Right. You know, and those they, are the ones. And, yeah. You know, but boy, the food was great in those places. Yeah, when they have the sable and glass on the on the, <laughs> you know, on the door. Yeah, that's how you know you're at. They take pesos and you know as well. Uh, but yeah, there's a few places around here that's not it's not the same, but it's still very good. So mm-hmm. you know. And there's, and that's what I like about this town too. And I think you've, you've already kind of nailed it too. Is that it's a melting pot, and it's always been that way. Has know? it always been that way? Yeah. Yeah. You know, with uh, especially musically. You know. Yeah. Well, musically, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, we've we've been fortunate over the years here to have some legendary performers and writers and and whatnot. And and the question always comes up is how do you how do you define Memphis music because people are always asking about it. They always seek it out. What is what is it about Memphis and the music? And I like asking those those veterans, those older cats, about it. And they say, it's it's not the water. It's not the food. It's the people. Yeah. You know, there's so much here that we can draw from. And everybody's borrowing from everybody else. And, and that river. That river is part of it. That river, all you got to do is just walk by that thing. Oh, yeah. And, and realize that from New Orleans all the way up north. Where that, to Minneapolis. To Minneapolis. You know, we've got a. In fact, we've got a musician from Minneapolis that is moving to Memphis by the end of the year. Who's that? Uh, Dave Lambert. You you get along great with him. He's a he's a he's a great guitar player. Just a sweet sweet guy. So, mm-hmm. so when he gets here, I'll make sure you two hook up. So. Good. I know why he's moving. I heard how cold it was last winter. In Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, my he, manager lives there, so that's how I know. He he said yeah, he, he looked out there and he said there was a snowdrift the 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 height of an eighteen wheeler and he went. Screw this! I'm out of here. It's I've had it. I've had it's enough. True. I'm done. I'm moving south. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all that snow melts and it comes down here. See? Well, we can deal with that. that. <laughs> <laughs> a little water ain't gonna hurt nobody, but you know. Yeah, and I told he asked me. He goes, "So does it like ever snow here?" And I went, "You could call it that. It's just a light dusting, but the city acts. It's it's the way Los Angeles reacts when it rains. When it rains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens here." <laughs> There's, there's just a hint of snow, and the grocery stores sell out of milk, bread, and eggs. That's right. It's like French Toast City for everybody, you know. But that's – it's you, you'll be fine. Trust me. We'll be okay. You'll be, right. you'll be all right. Um, well, Doug, as we, as we get going into this tonight, how about uh, – I know we're going to be talking to you about some different things, some stories about some of the music that you play. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, you're sitting here with this gorgeous national in your lap. Oh, thank you. Um, and I, I haven't seen one in that in that lovely shade of whatever that is. Well, this is one they made 
for, for me. This is it's a, black. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, black. Yeah, you know, the way that the light was hitting it, it looked kind of this weird, kind of an ashen gray color. But well, it, it, it's a it, well, it's supposed to be black. <laughs> <laughs> it is. No, you're holding it now, or I can see it's black. Yeah. It's an M1. It's a it's a wood. It's a mahogany version of the old tricone series oh, that they used okay. to make out of um, German silver. Yeah, and years ago, it would be sacrilegious to make a tricone out of any other material than German silver, or that's a form of brass, right? Right. All right. And then these young guys that are at National, they said, let's make it out of mahogany. And to Don Don Young's credit, he said, let's go ahead and do it. The worst thing that can happen, we could write it off as a tax thing. Sure. You know? And they brought it to the NAMM show, and I played uh, one of these, the uh, prototype of it. Yeah. And um, uh, they said to me, uh, do you like it? I said, I love it. He said, do you want, you want us to make, make you one? I said, I love it. So yeah. And there it is. And her name is Moon. Moon. Yeah. And she's black and I don't know why. But that's, that's the name she wanted. So That's the name she got. That's the name she got. <laughs> um, when, you're, when you're dealing with resonators, I've yeah. heard, uh, and, and since you play one, um, I've heard that the pre-war resonators are Technically, the better ones. If you're if you're in the market to find one, there's something about having the patina on them that they've been. Oh, played. I see what you mean. Yeah, you know that they, there's a certain sound out of the pre-war uh, resonators as opposed to the current ones that are out there. I know Fender makes one that's just like feels like it's cast iron. It's it's you know, but I don't I don't I don't know. Is that a, is is it just a, a a quirky weird thing that I may have heard? Well, or? brand names you got to be careful with that, right? Yeah. Um, let me just say this: the new nationals, nationals. Yeah. Um, they, to my ears, sound as good as the old ones. What you have to do is let them, they have to season. These things, the cones, the, the material they put on the cones, they call it a hot rod cone. Yeah. Which is a, a, a name for it that I don't think is exactly the right name for it because these things mellow out. And you can hear things in the national. For instance... There's a ring in there, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Hear that? Yeah. Hear how that sounds? It, it's almost like you get a, a, a real good national. If you plan it a certain way, it can sound like a piano player playing with the, the sustain pedal. Yeah. And all these sounds come, come together. So if you're a solo guy like I am, it's great because it fills a room. Sure, yeah, it fills a room. So uh, they did these things, and I would say that the new nationals. I think it's a good. I think it's good to buy those. Um, and if you have an old national, it, even better, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but you know the necks. Sometimes the necks aren't aren't that good. Oh, I see. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, because there was no trust trust rods. So what I always suggest to guys is take the old neck off but keep it because of the value right and ship it to national have them put a good neck on it with a distressed look yeah but then you can play it and not worry about it not worry about it yeah yeah well and when you're spending that kind of money that's that's important you know i think it is yeah. sure so i always tell the guys that i said yeah man you know send it up to them and they're great they're only going to make a couple of nationals a year they'll never be a big company they all really? Made, no. 
they they make a certain amount. I think I saw them in January before we moved here at the NAMM show, and they told me they were six to seven months behind now. So if you order one, it's going to take you six to seven months before you get one. How many do they make a year, do you know? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Rick. I'm not sure how many they do. Well, well that speaks to the testament to how much effort and time they put into these things. You know? They're craftsmen. They yeah. love it. And back when Don Young was alive, no national left that shop unless he played it. Really? Absolutely. Wow. And if he didn't like it, it went back. It wow. had to have the sound. It had to have the the, the next, you know, Yeah, the binding on the neck and everything. You know, everything had to be just right. Everything. If there was a little mark on it or something was wrong, it was a second immediately. So a guy like me, like a guy that in, endorses them, right, would we go up there to the shop? And the first thing we used to say was, got any seconds? <laughs> so, man, we sell a lot of these seconds, but my God, you know. Oh, I get it. No, I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hear something out of that right, thing. Yeah. Let me play yeah, let's get in there before we get a break. This is a song about the first woman that teaches a man how to make love correctly. That's the key word, correctly. Oh, my. Had to bring that up, huh? I call this one one good woman. I've been to school. She said, you don't know about no fishing, but I'm going to teach you how to drop your line. She said, you don't know about no fishing, but I'm going to teach you how to drop your line. She said, the motion of the Lord, it make a catch most every time. She said, you don't know about no horses, but I do believe you right. She said, you don't know about no horses, but I do believe you right. She said, I want you to ease up here on my saddle and just move me from side to side. Farm, 
But I do believe you could plow. She said, don't know about no farming. But I got a feeling you could plow. She said, a fool can plant a seed. Oh, but the wise man, he know how. I've been to school. Sure, I didn't need no book. I've been to school. Sure, I didn't need no book. You know, it was one good woman. I said, Lord, that's all it took. Started off. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Good Lord. We're gonna we're gonna hear you all night long. We're not letting you out of here, man. <laughs> um, I do have a break coming up, but I'd like to play one of your records if you if you if you'd like. Um, I would love that. Yes. Um, uh, pick one. You, do, do you know the ones that we have from you? No. I have. Some. <laughs> you know. It's good to be well uh, prepared, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I run. You know, really. You know. All, all, the, all these years of doing this, and all the musicians are still the same. No, I don't know what you got. Um, I have, uh, I have six tunes from you. Okay. Um, I have um, Dub's Talking Politician Blues, which is a, a, a tremendous song. I love it. Uh, Going down to the Roadhouse, Horse with No Rider, Nightbird, The Entitled Few, and You Can't Give Me Nothing. Woo! You pick any one of those. I can tell the story about it afterwards. I tell the story about it now if you want. Whatever one you want to pick. Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll grab one here and uh, and then we'll we'll play it and we'll talk about it. How about that? That sounds great. Uh, how about we start with Dubs talking politician blues since I mentioned it. Well, yeah. We might as well. I think so. There's a lot going on with that. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> I, you know when I when I heard that I went. This sounds relatively recent. You know how old it is? No, how old is it? I wrote that in 2006. That's when that album Really? It's still applicable today. I know. Ain't that a shame? <laughs> a shame or, or, you know, comedy gold. It's still relevant, relevant now. I mean, that's, that's the way that is. All right, well, we'll get to that. Talk about some of these politicians. Sure got my world in a sorry condition. They say one thing, but they mean another. That's a very worrisome thing, my brother. Say they're talking clear, but it sure sound hazy. Ain't doing nothing but driving old dub crazy. Can't balance a budget, but they can spend my money. You tell me if something ain't going on funny. Sometimes I think they just educated fools. Ain't doing much to help the school. City school just sliding in ruin. And sometimes I wonder, do they know what they're doing? Would you get my BB gun? No, I don't want to kill him. But I sure would like to hurt him, son.
money, they got a lottery. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of slipping and sliding, if you ask me. The money's funny, and a change is strange. Cause it ain't nothing but a new numbers game. Out on the street, you know what I'm talking about. You see, the odds always in favor of the house. And every week you put your little $20 in, and they're grinning in your face. Cause it's so hard to win. They said the lottery was going to help the school. Mm -hmm. That's what they promised. It was due. But they're cutting odds. Cause money's so tight. And I got to wonder, how do they sleep at night? Oh man, you get my BB gun. Now I don't want to kill him. But I sure would like to hurt him some. We got kids that don't eat. Vietnam War veterans still begging the street. Politicians say he gotta make more cuts. But you think his salary is something he'll touch? <laughs> Healthcare? Now that's a mess. Ain't done much to help that yet. Politicians say, don't worry, there gonna be better days, and I'm gonna start working on it. As soon as I vote myself a raise. Now there's a way to get out from under this joke. We need all the people to get out and vote. Don't sit on the couch, watch the news and complain. You gotta get off your butt if you're going to implement change. But in the meantime, would you get my BB gun? No, I don't want to kill him. <laughs> But I, I sure would like to hurt him some. just my views and you're entitled to your views too because in america we still got the right to choose and that's why i wrote dubs talking politicians blues it is the fifth of may cinco de mayo it is also well he's not here he's he's up in the cat box but it's also the uh wedding anniversary of Stephen and mona they're celebrating 40 years is that right that's 40 years. Well, congratulations. Thank you for coming down and spending it with us. I know there's so much. You could be home watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> People are like, what? What is that? You know, but congratulations. That's 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 awesome. You know, um, Steve will be back down here. We'll run him through the mill here in a little while as well. Also coming up tonight uh, here at about 10 o'clock or so, we'll hear from Mark Caldwell from the Memphis Blue Society. Get the news that is all uh, uh, that you guys need to know. Doug McLeod is here in the studio. If you're just joining us, uh, telling us some stories and uh, playing some blues for us. And uh, uh, when did you move here? You're 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 a new Memphian, aren't you? Yeah, we knew. Uh, we got here March the fifth. Oh yeah, you are new. Yeah, but our furniture didn't get there to four weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping on the floor, were you? <laughs> Interesting man. Yeah, it know. is. It is. It is interesting. We're glad to have you here in in our city and and being yes. a part of the blues scene here in Memphis. And well, we're glad to be here. Honestly, I, I know Thank seeing you. seeing the world as a Memphian now will change you in ways you'll never know. 
Is that right? Yeah, it will. It I'm does. looking forward to it. It's a, it's a good thing. It's uh, it, uh, the city, as, as I've mentioned before, attracts so many different people and styles and thoughts, and and everybody finds that Highway 61 connection along that river, and they, they go, it's oh man, it's just something. But you know, I was watching you play mm-hmm. there a moment ago. You're that's dead thumb picking that you're that you're using right there. Kind of. Um, there was an old man I learned this music from when I was in, in the Navy. I, I I never got on the ship, believe it or not. I got short short duty, and I was stationed in Norfolk. And I met this old one-eyed blues singer named Ernest Banks, and um, that's where I learned this music from. He didn't teach me chords or nothing. He, yeah. What I learned was he, his his feeling was if I got it, I was supposed to. If I didn't, to hell with me. That's how he felt about it, and. He told me that your left hand is your brain, your right hand is your personality. Well, what he meant by that is, if you know what tuning I'm in, and yeah. you're a guitar player, and you see my left hand, you know what I'm playing. But the right hand is what makes each guy different. That's why when you listen to the pre-war blues, um, Blind Willie McTell does not sound like Big Bill Brunsey, who don't sound like Tampa Red, who don't sound like right. Robert Johnson, who don't sound, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Each guy was different because what the right hand does. And the right hand, this is a sort of a dead style kind of thumb picking, but it was from his thing of saying, you've got to have a groove. He says, you've got to have a groove because the, the lady's got to move. That's so true. He said, the ladies got to move. She said, first the heads got to move with the ladies. That starts moving. And then if they like that a lot, then the rest of the little top start moving. Then he said, then that start moving, and then the bottom moving. That's when the fellas notice what's going on. <laughs> and he said, he said, that's when they buy the ladies a drink, and then you get paid. That's what he said. So he said, you have to get a groove going. You know? I've heard Lightning Malcolm talk along those same lines, and he'd say, you know, you play these drink joints down, on, down along the Chitlin Circuit, and he said, if you're not getting asses moving, they're, they're going to run you out. That's right. And you got like three songs to do it. You know, yeah. they're not horsing around. Cause no, it's a groove. If you put a groove. a groove down, that's what that's what you got to do. So that's why the right hand, I think, for acoustic guys, maybe is the most important hand. Was it a natural uh, way to learn for you? I, I know a lot of guys start with just the the, the, the pick and then mm-hmm. and then work their way into finger pick. The way I play is is, is finger pick sort of, but yeah. um, but it's. It, <laughs> There's, there's, it has to feel comfortable for you as a musician, I would think. You yeah, know? I, you know what? I did a DVD, an instructional one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. And after I got done, um, I need to see this. <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, where can I buy? They that? asked me to do a, uh, to do the tab on it, right? Yeah. And I said, I don't know, I don't know what, what I'm doing. And they said, Wait, can you tell us what your right hand is doing? I said, I have no idea what my right hand is doing. It's off on its own. It is, and I remember my wife. Who is is like a, a, a musician that can read and stuff like that? Yeah. When they show when when they brought the music in, right? And I saw what was on the paper. She said, "Can you can you play that?" I said, "I can't play that." She said, "That's what you played on the DVD." Oh wow! <laughs> so they transcribed what you did into sheet music. God, yeah. what a, that had to blow your mind. I, I couldn't believe what I was playing, you know? I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to read it again. You know? <laughs> Much less try and write it, you know? Okay, plus writing it. I mean, it, yeah. it'd be, I'd still be writing it today. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, that, and that's just it. I mean, like you were saying, they, all these guys played... 
in such different styles, a lot of different tunings. We were, we talked yep. about that. You, you you played what seven different tunings? Is I it? do seven different tunings. Yeah. And and that was wasn't that sort of a way for these guys to kind of copyright their material, if you will, in a way to protect their own music. And it's like some Ooh. some guys would hide their tunings from. I never thought of that, but yeah, that might be a way they did it. I, I the way I learned it from Mr. Banks was that you needed bass. Yeah. So you got to have that bottom end. You got to have a bottom. So like if you're playing G here, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. That means you pretty much got to do like a Piedmont style here. So let's say if I wanted to have more of a groove, yeah. I'd go down to go down this tuning, which I call bastard G tuning. A bastard G? Yeah. Okay. So now I got this groove here. Right? Now you can't get that sound playing G like this. No, you can't. Not in standard. No. No. There's no can't. way to do it. So you gotta switch it, see? And that's that's what the old guys did. They just flipped the tuning and say, Okay, let me do it this way. So you always have that bass and you always have that groove going. It's kind of a I'd hate to use the word cheat, but that's kind of what it is. You know, I, to, to I don't achieve, like that word. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's going on, Doug. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe I should keep it a secret, Rick. You, know you should. <laughs> I'm over here trying to, you know, tease it out of you, but you know, you know, there, there were because there. It's just changing it up, Rick. Well, <laughs> thank you, Natalie. Because <laughs> you, you remember when when uh, 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 Robert Belfort, the Wolf Man, you know, he famously kept his tuning secret, and on his de- on his death, Brad what? Webb outs it. Uh, <laughs> what did he do? What he outed he outed the tuning, and he goes, "By the way." Now that he's gone, I can tell you what the tuning was. <laughs> and apparently the story was is that um, uh, he, he was playing a show somewhere and he blew a string or something. And uh, Brad ran a guitar out to him and said, here, play this one. It's, it's up on stage. And so he's knocking the tuning in to, the right, to, to where he right. likes to play. Right. At the end of the gig, Brad quickly runs out there and grabs the guitar back from him. He goes, now we don't have to worry about it. I got it. And he went home and he figured out the tuning. <laughs> Wow, that's and that's cool. what it was. And it, and and uh, for those that are keeping score at home, it was it's it's uh, it's, it's Spanish G, right? <laughs> yeah, down a half step. Okay, that's the way he played. Wow. All right. Brad's not very good at keeping secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. G. Yeah, so I remember yeah. when Mr. Banks, like, <clears throat> I asked him. I asked him. I said, "What's that tuning?" He said, "That's Spanish." Span it. Oh, yeah. I said, span it. <laughs> what the hell is that? I, I said, span it. I said, how do you get there? He said, just go down, just go down. That's the same, that's the same, that's the same. That go down, you there. That was it. <laughs> so, I went, down I, to what? I, you know. Well, you, you know, I didn't know. And yeah. uh, so I figured it out that it was G. So I go back to the, the, I was playing the coffee houses back in those days, you know, with the hippies. And they, they said, what the? What tuning you in? I said, span it. <laughs> and, the hippies, and the hippies say, what? I said, span it. Don't you know span it? I learned that from a real blues man, man. That's a name. <laughs> Look it up, man. It's span it. Span it. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> how, about a, how, about a, how about a song from you, right, my friend? Yeah. Let's do something in... In Span uh, it? Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's do something with that kind of groove in Bastard G. In Bastard G. Yeah. There you go. All right. This is a song. Let me get it up here now. Let's see. Oh, I like that you have your, your, your own lingo for this thing here. 
Nobody needs to know all this stuff. This is a song that uh, I wrote with Bruce Bromberg together. It's called Plaquemine. About that little town in Louisiana. A guy and a girl that fell in love in that little town. And she was the prettiest thing he had ever seen. And the sweetest thing he had ever seen. And they were in love all the way through high school, you know. He wanted to marry her. Keep her for his own. So I figured he would have to ask the big question to her. And he figured the best way to do it was find a beautiful night. Summer night. Go on out by the river. Put on some good music in the car. Have a couple of cans of Dixie beer. Get the romance going. Put his arm out. She snuggled up to him. He said, you know something? We've been in love for a while. Never had any fight. She said, I know. He said, I can get a job here in Blackman. We get on. Get a house, raise a family, have a good life. So I want to ask you a question. She said, what's the question? He said, I wonder if you'd give me the honor of being my wife for the rest of my life. Her reply was, no. He said, no. She said, yes, no. He said, why? She said, well, I'm only 18 years old. I've never been anywhere else but this little town. Never been to the big city like uh, Shreveport. Birmingham I want to see the world So she took out And that worried him Because like I said she's so pretty And the sweetest thing that he ever knew She would find a guy with big car Big money be be gone So he trails on out behind her Story ends up in LA She ends up in Los Angeles He ends up back in Louisiana Oh, it's a sad story, but one that's got to be told on Radio Memphis on a Sunday night. And it's going to sound exactly like this. Man, we're headed out from Blackman, up through Warm Baton Rouge. And we was happy down in Blackman, said, say, she wanted Baton Rouge. Keep a good woman. Man got to do what a man got to do. Baton Rouge can hold her. Say she born in New Orleans. And she was craving more excitement. Said she found in New Orleans. So I trailed on out behind her, trying to figure out what it means. Says you meet me in Dallas. She headed east out of Birmingham. 
I've begun to get suspicious now. I start to worry about another man. So I called the next thing rolling and took the dog down to Alabama. Well, they say I just don't miss her. She called the red out to LA. Oh, there's a big dude traveling with her. And he didn't have that much to say. So I head on back to Black Man. Sad but wise man today. People, I'm going on back home. Going back home to stay. Oh, sometimes when you hurt, makes you find a better way. There's a better way. Oh, no. <laughs> there it is. Thank you very much. You are you are quite the songwriter. I have to hand it to you. Well, thank you. Um, your your lyrics paint a beautiful picture. Thank you. You know, on on others, your stories that 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 that, keep, that I know some of it comes from reality to a certain extent, but also well, a lot of it comes from reality, and that's blues, really. Well, you know? to be honest with you, Rick, yeah, that that old man we talked about, Mr. Banks, he told me he said the best advice I ever got. As a blues blues man, the last my whole life, he said, never write or sing about what you don't know about and never play a note you don't believe. Yeah. He said, if you can't do that, you ain't a blues man. That's that's it in a nutshell. I know. It really and that's a lot. That is a lot. It's very hard to do. Because yeah, you know you're is. playing in front of people and you want to impress people or make make them like you. And sometimes you sometimes sometimes that happens. People can overplay or overdo it. Sure. And really, are you really playing what you really hear? Are you playing what you really feel? Because if you play what you really feel, that's going to go to the heart. And that's what this music is about, I think. It goes heart to heart. Is that how you found yourself playing blues? Was it just, you know, life, life experiences and said, this is, this is a genre of music that, that, that I'm a reflection of or, well, or the other way around? Or? I, I had a rough childhood when I was a kid. I was abused when I was a kid. And I, I, I kind of closed up. And I had a real bad stutter. When I, I, every once in a while, I'd still stammer some. But I mean, it was like I couldn't say two, two or three words. Sure. And I was feeling sorry for myself and, you know, closing up. And when we moved to St. Louis, a buddy that is still a longtime friend of mine, Steve, Steve Wallman, said, let's go hear blues. And I, I wanted to hear like doo wop or something, you know. I, I didn't want, I didn't want to hear no blues. You get know. to the rock and roll. Let's go. Well, up yeah, there, I you wanted, know. you know, I was into Dion and all that, and uh, oh, you yeah. know, and, and all that, the five satins and stuff. Sure. So he takes me to this place in Saint, in Saint Louis, and I, it had to be somebody like Eugene Neal or Benny Sharp, one of the local bands that played there back in the '60s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I heard the music. And I said, wow. And it, it spoke to me. And I, I looked at the people, you know, they, 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 of course they were all black. And uh, they had gone, you know, the prejudice, the couple of generations from slavery and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And oh, they yeah. Were enjoying life and enjoying music and enjoying. And I said, this is speaking to me. I think I got to be around these people. And then I did. So what records did that turn you into? I mean, you had to have gone to a record store after that moment and gone, I got to have this, this, and this, and this, yeah, and this, and this. Yeah, there was a, 
<coughs> there was a store. Now, let me think. I think it was on Del Mar Boulevard in St. Louis. But you had to go way down, way down to where where the hood was. That's what we call it now. But back back in those days, in that in that in that part of town, and I remember the lady looking at me as I walked in. <laughs> what are you doing here? Really, I, I was pretty when I was younger, man. I, I, I'm gonna tell you. Are you lost, sir? Yeah, I, I mean, it was like you know. She looked at me like you're the are wrong you doing? side of town, yeah. man. But you know, she she gave me this record that had Albert Collins Frosty on it. Oh yeah. And I said, whoa. I said, she said, I think you'll like this. And I took it home, and I put that on, and I heard Frosty by Albert Collins, and that was it. That shuffle, yeah. that bass player, and that drummer, what they had going on with that. I was cooking. Oh, I was cooking. It was, you know, and that's when I started to realize that this music, it sounds so simple, but it's really not. No. It's deceptively simple music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To it's really the, play it. Yeah, it's, it's the devil's music. You know that. You know, that's how that is. You know? <laughs> they got to blame it on somebody, right? they got to blame it on somebody, yeah. yeah. Robert Johnson took too much of a fall to make it go this far, you know? <laughs> So, so you, did you did you learn? I, I know you 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 wound up hooking up with this guy in the mm-hmm. military, but before then, you, you had to have some acumen with the guitar enough. Well, to... a little bit. Um, I was playing bass in the. I was playing bass in the in Saint in Saint Louis. That's how I started. Yeah. And um, uh, I can I tell you this story? Oh, please do. All right. Yeah. We were we got a whole night, Doug. Right. <laughs> well, we were backing up at a teen hop, Chuck Berry. And this is when he had that trouble, and oh, wow. he, he he wasn't traveling a lot. But being from Saint Saint Louis, we all knew his songs, you know. Sure. And we loved him, so we did this teen hop, and we, we got done with the first first set, or um, and we were all in the back, and this pretty girl come up to me and said, "Are you in the band?" I said, "Yeah." She said, well, "What would you do in the band?" I said, "I'm the bass player." She said, "Oh." <laughs> And then she walked down to the guitar player. <laughs> Reactions that have never changed in all this time is still the same. <laughs> and at that time, that guitar player was the third ugliest person on the planet. Yep. And yep. he had five women around him. Yep. And I turned to the saxophone player, Gene, Gene Gray, and I said, Gene, I'm giving up bass. <laughs> And he said, why? I said, look, if that fool can get five women, I can at least get one if I play the guitar. Yeah. So I picked up guitar after that. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, uh, your appearance improves like 20-fold with a guitar in your lap. You don't even have to play the goddamn thing. You I know, know. I know. I know. I wish I could say it was a great artistic moment. But <laughs> at least you're honest, you know. And there's a song in there. Uh, there's, yeah, there got, is. there's a song in there about yeah. all that, I guess, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, let's, let's, let's grab another tune here before we grab a break. How about that? Okay. What do you want? I don't know. What, I don't know. What do you want to play? Oh, I'll play. Some. Yeah, let you let you play, and I'll and I'll grab something out of the break for later. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm gonna change the tuning. Uh oh, look out! <laughs> don't look, everybody. He's changing to a secret tuning. <laughs> much of a secret. It's open a, D. I hope is open D. I, I, I feel you, man. And you're doing it without a tuner. That's I am doing it with, with, with a tuner. I, I, I have a Diodario, but usually I trust my ear. Unless you should. But uh, it happened It happened yeah. one time with, I was working with, do you guys remember a, a harmonica player named Juke, Juke Logan? 
two clubs, and I don't know that I know that one. No. He was out of L.A. He was a, like a studio guy there, but a great harmonica player. And we used to do the opening act at the B.B. King's that was out there, right? So James Cotton came in, yeah. and Juke was really excited about this. And he wanted to sound really good, you know what I mean? Because James was there, and, you know, Juke, a pretty famous guy there. So we did the first, first set, and uh, 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 before we did the set, of course, we tuned up. But you know, when you get on stage and you retune a guitar, sometimes the guitar does, falls out of what they call A440. Right. Right? It falls out. Yes. It falls out. Yes. So he said, what song are we going to do? I said, I, I got one in G. He said, all right. So I tuned down to o open G, but I'm not in A440. Uh-oh. And I start off the song. The guitar is in tune. I'm singing. It's in tune with itself. It's in tune with itself. I'm singing. I'm playing. And Juke picks up the harmonica and hits a note. Go, he go, what's the key? I said, G. He said, G. He reached down to get another harmonica. He go, he said, what's the key? I said, I said, G like God. He said, G like God. He goes, God damn, Hona, give me some bad harmonicas. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. It was you. It was not Honer. <laughs> so I told that story to John, John, John Cephas. And Cephas said, he said, what kind of fool are you? What kind of fool are you? I said, what do you mean? He said, when you play with harmonica, you got to have a tuna. You got to have a tuna. So that's how that happened, you know. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> There's a, there's a G harp in the room if we want one tonight. I don't know how off it's going to be, but. Uh. <clears throat> well, I know we're laughing, but could I do a serious song? Please do. This is a song I wrote. Because everybody in this world has troubles. And you always have to remember, the sun will shine down your way one day. So you have to be here when it does. And this song of mine was influenced by the great Tampa Red. It's called The Sunshine Down My Way. I don't worry. 
Cause I know someday I know the sun Shine down my way My so-called friend They did me wrong I said to myself I guess I walked my world alone But I don't worry I know someday I know the sun Shine down my way Sometimes in the mornings I feel a little sad Cause people you know I've been thinking On this hard time you know I've had But I don't worry I know something I know the song Shine down my way You know I've been forgotten And I sure been denied I have walked Watching other people ride Oh, I don't worry Cause I know someday I know the song Shine down my way No, I don't worry Cause I know someday Beautiful, beautiful song. Fantastic. That's Doug McLeod, ladies and gentlemen. 
That gets you right here in the heart. <sighs> right wow. in the giblets, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's oh, at. I'm glad. Beautiful. Oh my. You know, there's a there's a there's a movie production out there that's got that song in somewhere. It's got to have it. They just need to call you up and say, "How please that, call uh, me up? We can use the money. We can use some money. And they get that mechanical license going on this thing right there. That's oh, where it's man, at. Thanks. Thank you, thank you so much for that. That slide, by the way, that's a gorgeous piece of glass that you have. What's, thank you. What, what's the deal here? This is a, a, a slide that's a custom made. Uh, it's the signature slide of mine. That's made by Diamond Bottlenecks, a gentleman by the name of Ian Mc, McHugh, uh, lives in the United Kingdom. Yes, and they make. I think the best, absolutely best slides and glass necks. Uh, I never, I was telling uh, Mark that I, I used to play brass and I, I thought I would never ever go back to glass. I started with glass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like most guys did, you know, the old wine bottle. Yeah. The wine bottle, they cut them off and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the old days kind of stuff. And um, I was using brass and then Ian came, came by to a concert of mine and he said, would you try this? And I said, look, uh, I, I'd love to, Ian, but honestly, I'm real happy with the brass, you know. You know? I'll put your name <laughs> like, on it, Like, I Doug. knew everything, you know? you know. And he said, he was such a nice man. He said, he said, well, just, well, well, just keep it, you know. And see what happened. So one, one night on, on that tour after gig, I went back to the hotel, and I said, well, see and i put it on and said holy smokes yeah. what a sound of that thing you yeah know? where's this guy's number <laughs> you, know, if you, you know what i tell you something rick if you just say that we we met if you just uh, it's united kingdom yeah. diamond follow next and, and they don't do anything by phone or nothing it's all e email it's Perfect. They're great, and they're great, great folks. Just tell them you and I talked here. Sure. And you want to look, check them out. Sure. Did you know? did, they, did they get your finger size to make it fit yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing, man. It's like uh, so that's a, that's literally a custom yes piece of equipment for the you. The size, yeah. yeah. So so it doesn't slide off your finger. It doesn't, you know. No. See, I got this thing. I got this. Look at that. Isn't that ugly? That's a the, perfect blues pinky, is what I that know. is, man. I know. And it sits you're, right you're, on this thing, and they made it for that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Diamond bottleneck. Look yeah. them up. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. We're going to grab a break here. We're a little behind the clock here, but that's that's all right. We've got to hit the evening news, and we'll, uh, we'll I've got a tune queued up from you, Horse With No Rider. What's uh, what, Is there a story behind Whoa, that? Whoa, there's a big story right now. <laughs> oh, there is, is there? Yeah. Do you want it? It's a long story. Well, maybe we ought to save it till after we play it. Save the story? Save the story. The story is better before we play it. So maybe we ought to do the news now, and then we'll do the story later. Can we do that? Um, I well, how, about I, how about I just swap it out and play another tune, and we'll save that one for another. For after we come back. Yes. All we right. Can, we Are can, we cheating or changing here, Rick? Well, I, you know. I, <laughs> <laughs> Live radio. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You don't apologize at all. It's me that owes you the Well, then how about going to the Roadhouse then? Let's do that. Radio Memphis in the mornings with Rick Cheddar. Weekday mornings at 9 central on Radio Memphis.
Sunday evening, the 5th of May, Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo to those of you that celebrate that or, or whatever. It's the 5th of May. May the 5th be with you. <laughs> <laughs> what we do here. Well, uh, I, I know the immigrant. The immigrant celebrates that, correct? You know, she was telling me that in uh, in Ireland, uh, Cinco de Mayo is a big deal over there. Yes. It's shocking, but it is. Um St. Patty's Day is a is a is a government holiday, but Cinco de Mayo is like the way we feel about St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. Um, I was quite surprised when I was there that the the number one selling beer in Ireland was Budweiser, <laughs> followed by Corona and Heineken, and Guinness was like third or fourth down down the way. Because to them, I guess it's import. But why y'all want to drink shitty American beer is beyond me when y'all have the, the best beer in the world. Know. <laughs> you know, because we, we joke about, you know, 
a good Irish beer, like for St. Paddy's Day, if you, you know, if you, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna have a good beer, a good Irish beer on St. Paddy's Day, you should not be able to see through it. <laughs> that's for sure. I that's, agree. that's that's a good way to go. It's a good way to look at it. But um, if you've never been, you should go. Uh, Doug McLeod is here. Doug, thank you so very much uh, for your time this evening. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. I, I tell you what, your your music is incredibly moving. Your stories are are incredibly entertaining. I'm I'm dying. Uh, the more I hear it, the more I hear you play, the more I want to put you in the studio and and uh, string some mics around you and uh, and let you do your thing. I, <laughs> Thanks. You know, you know I I know as an artist, um, part of part of your work deals with the the, the you, know, you have to touch your the internal parts of yourself so much that it's you know it, it can be difficult to trying maybe at times at least as a writer. But you 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 pull that off so well, and Thank you. you know, um, hearing you sing like that last tune that you just did uh, live here in studio is such a just a soul wrenching song. Oh man, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, you know I, I I tell young musicians all the time to learn dynamics. Yeah, and you you sir are a master of that. Well, I appreciate that. You know, a lot of guys just like plug it in, let's crank it up and go. You right. know, whether it's rock and roll, blues, country, whatever, they just go. Right. But you, you put a lot of uh, phrasing that's that's in these songs that that you just can't you can't communicate on paper or any other way than. Well, than thank by you for listening yeah. like that. I appreciate that. Why well, I think you've stayed true to what Mr. Banks taught you, and I hope that some people out there listening will take that to heart. That's nice of you, Natalie. I, hope I think so that's too. good advice. I think I, I think it was the best advice a young uh, musician could have. Uh, and it's it's kind of true. I um, I once there was a time when I wanted to be a jazz musician. I could hear that. I wanted to be a jazz musician because I'd heard Kenny Burrell, and you know he's steeped in blues. Oh sure. Right? And uh, I wanted to be a jazz uh, musician, and uh, I can tell you a story. There was a, a wonderful piano player in Los Angeles. His name was Hampton Hawes, jazz jazz musician, mm-hmm. but soulful. Soulful, and he would play. He would play inside gospel stuff, and all of a sudden, he would go outside the key, yeah, and come back. All right. So I thought, wow. But I just heard the blues, and I said, I, th- I want to play with him. You know? <laughs> I want to play with him. I want to be around him. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I went every Tuesday night to the baked potato to hear Hampton Halls play. And then what happened was he was on the radio station there, uh, KBCA which happened to be close to where I was living. And I went to the radio station. After he got done with doing a show. Mm-hmm. And I waited out for him. And he finally came out. And he recognized me because I'd been in the audience all, all this time. Sure. Right? And I said, I want to play with you. And he said, you want to play with me? I said, Excuse yeah. me? <laughs> I, said, I said, I want to play music with you. He said, oh. He said, okay. Uh, he said, Do you, what, what instrument do you play? I said, I play the guitar. He says, all right, this is where I live. He lived off the Pomona Freeway. So I go over to his house, go up go up this hill. His house was on, on, on a hill. And I go in, he had this beautiful piano. And I take out my guitar, and I sat down right next to the piano, and he played some blues. And I played some blues with him. He says, yeah, that sounds good. My heart was beating, you know. I said, yes, yes. (laughs) And then he started this introduction. I had no idea where he was. It was one of those things on the guitar where you go like. 
<laughs> trying to find the key. You know what I mean? Where, where is it? Where is this? <laughs> it was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, he started to play Stella by Starlight. And me, oh, wow. I was playing Fella by Barlight. <laughs> you were that, somewhere in the mix. That was the end of my jazz career right there. <laughs> yeah, these jazz guys, man, that's that's just a whole nother planet. It's a, and it's, you know, I never you know, I, I Kenny Burrell, I met you know, and talked with him. Yeah. Hampton Hawes. The jazz guys I met had a great respect for blues. Oh sure. The, the you know the jazz guys that have the respect of the phrasing of blues, and how they did. So when you hear these guys play, you know they all breathe. Have you ever noticed that? The even Coltrane, because yeah. he's playing a tenor saxophone, right? Mm-hmm. If you listen to a ballad album that he did, all right, he had to hear that. And plus, the music coming from your breath, isn't it? Yeah. When you're a harmonica player. When you're a horn player, when you're a vocalist, it comes from your breath. If you are a piano player or a guitar player, you don't have to breathe to make the music. <laughs> that's right. No, you just you don't have to breathe. You have to have a heartbeat, kind of. Well, they do they be- said that that's why the old the old uh, jazz guys were were really cool and hip, right? They smoked pot, so they said that would slow them down. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I, you know, I bet you're right about. Well, listen but that's to just how music is. Like Miles Davis it comes to mind, you yes. know, like the uh, yeah. uh, the Bitches Brew album is one that comes to mind. Uh, Born Blue, I think, is the other. Um, the, the, when you listen to it, there's a lot of blues in that. A lot of space. A lot of space. A lot of space. And then you get into like Thelonious Monk, and you're hearing that piano stuff, or Art Cherry is another one, you yes. know, and you're listening to this stuff, and you're like, whoa, hey, some of this, there's, there's a familiarity to it, but there's also this whole different world that is there. I know, and... I, I love listening to it. I'm oh, I so do too. glad I don't have to play it for a living. You know what I mean? <laughs> but these guys make it look so simple. You know? I know. And then to hear these things, you know. Uh, and in fact, the guy that played piano with me worked with Kenny Burrell. His name is Lua Matthews. And Lua told me that when he played with Kenny, he said all, all these great chords that he played, right, it, 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 with reharmonizations of simple blues lines. But he said it was all logical. I, you know, yeah, there's me, a math to it that is. I I, I don't know how the, it's like trigonometry compared right. to like rudimentary math. You hear you know? the you hear the the lead lead notes go down or something like uh, Kenny Burrell's, is it Midnight Blue, that song where he does that turnaround. Where it's a I'm into the different tuning now, but it's it's his turnaround and you go how's he harmonizing that? Yeah. it's a simple, wonderful blues line, but it's reharmonized <laughs> and it sounds so rich you know? and it's twisted. There's it is, man. Very twisted. I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Um, Doug, I want to ask you a question here, and hopefully you can give me a good, solid answer here. Why does your guitar strap say dub on it? <laughs> With two Bs. I know. Like uh, rub-a-dub-dub. What do you got there? That's a nickname, apparently. It is. Yeah. What and it ha- comes from George Harmonica Smith. Now, George Harmonica Smith, he never called me Doug. He always called me Dub. <laughs> and when he was mad at me, it was Dublis. Dublis. <laughs> Dublis in that Spanish tuning Dublis. over there. God damn it. I just... You're going to call me, man. <laughs> That's this is beautiful. That's and beautiful. One day, I, I, I was talking to him. I said, George, you know my name is Doug. He said, I know that, Dub. <laughs> <laughs> he was, the, Dub was going to be my name with him. 
And that was it. So I was doing, I was doing a sweet the Murfest, yeah. and I was getting ready to play. And this young man came up to me and gave me this strap. But I, I, I said, I don't, I don't have time because they, they were announcing me. And he said, I'll leave it here. And he left the strap for me. Oh, wow. He left it. And I have put it on face, Facebook and asked people, can you tell me who this young man was? Because I'd want to thank him. Mm-hmm. You know? And to this day, you don't know where? I don't know. And it was the first Melfest I did. Uh, so I, I don't know how long. But, but Doc Watson was still alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's when that was. And oh, wow. I've never been able to hook up with that young man again. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful strap. Well made. Yeah, it is. Well nice, made. nice leather to go with that. Uh, that it is. gorgeous national you got there. I know. Your lap there. I, know. I moved up a notch, didn't I? Just a little. <laughs> you coming up in the world, man? <laughs> you know, one of these days you might make it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep stepping. I tell you what, if if I, if I was the one that was writing the rules, man, you'd 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 have hit record after hit record because I I am just thrilled to hear you play. Oh, I'm, you know, thank I, you. I, you have no idea how much joy I'm getting out of just sitting here listening to this, because as well, I know our audience is is doing the same thing. Uh, well, I hope so. Miss uh, so. Kathy checked in from Australia. She's saying she goes. She goes. I'm loving this. This is a great night. Wow. So well, thank you, Kathy. So from down under. From down under. <laughs> yeah. Um, of of such. How about how about a song from you, my friend? All right. What you want to do? Now I'm in a tuning called Too Many D's. <laughs> <laughs> They're all D except all one. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this is a song I wrote about a guy when I was when I was in the Navy, Ernest Banks, that we talked about, right? But there was another guy. He lived in Carolina. Down, if you went towards Elizabeth City, you would find this place. I'd never heard any man play guitar like him before or since. And he would sit on his porch and he would tell a story and then all of a sudden he'd make up a song. Now the first time I saw him, I thought he had rehearsed it. You know what I mean? I thought he'd rehearsed it. So I had to go back a second time. When I got back the second time, I realized that this man was crazy. There was something wrong with him. He had... One eye didn't trust the other, you know. It was kind of this thing of him moving like this here. And I said, oh, I don't know, but I wanted to hear him play. And he uh, he inspired this song. So what I like trying to do musically is take you uh, back some maybe 50 years to a porch in the woods of North Carolina. And an old man that you know was crazy that's going to sing a song for you. You know, sometimes you try and walk in the light You're going to lose your way to go And even the best of intention Ain't going to keep you from the devil's road 
Now, the song you're about to hear is a song about the elder's wife and the right Reverend Jones. In the night, the people, they come to call on her. They call it the night of the devil's road. Fingers on hand from hell. No country road, country road. Have a story to tell. But the elder wife and the preacher who fell. When he preached a sermon, she stared up at his hand. They were kind and gentle Like no other man's How she could love another She could not understand Said the elder wife Mistreated lady and she known years of abuse And her hopes faded She called a preacher that night She said, preacher Preacher Can you keep me from crazy? Preacher got to her door She said, help me please he put his arm around her. He could feel the need. And then she brought him down. And she was free. She brought him down that evening. And for once in her life, that woman free.
preacher left town. He left behind his Bible and rule. You know, nobody, nobody really knew why. He turned up and go. Except for the elder's wife. And the right Reverend Jones. And now you, my listener, that know the story. With the devil's rope. With the devil's rope. You dance with the devil, you time yourself. You know, you've been dancing with the devil, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, what's, your, what's your take on Robert Johnson? Speaking of such, I just saw the documentary that Netflix just put out not long ago called uh, "The Devil at the Crossroads," yeah. which is an interesting biopic. It plays around with the folklore of it. Yep. But uh, I don't know, what, what, what do you what do you think of Robert Johnson? Well, let me tell you, I think Robert Johnson was a heck of a musician. Let me tell you a story about me and Robert Junior Lockwood. Yeah. We, we were doing this uh, acoustic show together, and uh, he heard me. I went on earlier, you know, and he liked the way I was playing and singing, right? And we were in the back, this back room uh, together, and I saw his 12-string, and uh, he saw me eyeing it. <laughs> you want to touch it? <laughs> yeah. I can hear him now. <laughs> I was looking at it, and he said, uh, you want to play that? And I, of course, I wanted to play it. I wanted, I wanted to see where he had it tuned. I wanted to see what kind of gauge strings had on it, and, and whether, and which strings were octavized and which weren't. Right. I wanted to know what that guitar was about. So he said to me, he "said What do you think about Robert Johnson?" I said, "Well, to tell you the truth, I, I, I don't think too much of that crossroads stuff." He says, "You don't?" I said, "No." I said, I think he was one heck of a musician to work really hard to be as good as he was. Yeah. And like we said, go ahead and play it. (laughs) (laughs) That answers the question. So that answers the question. It does, yeah. And when I traveled with Honey Boy Edwards, I'll tell you, this is a a cute, cute story. We we, uh, were doing the shows together in uh, Northern California. And uh, we were driving. I was driving. And Honey Boy was riding, right? And it was about three days. And Honey Boy said, Duh, we've been driving three days. I said, Yeah. <laughs> he said, Not once did you ever ask about Robert Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Because I'm riding with Honey Boy Edwards. <laughs> well, see, now he liked that. <laughs> and then he said, Duh, don't you want to know something about Robert? And I said, Well, honey, I said, Okay. Tell me something that's got nothing to do with music. He said, ooh, nothing to do with music. <laughs> and it took a little time. We must have gotten yeah. about Stories get miles, thin around you know, those parts. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally said to me, he said, Doug, he could pack a suit. <laughs> he could pack a suit. Yeah, I said, what do you mean? 
He's like, yeah. He's like, but see, back in those days, Honey Boy told me they traveled with just one guitar and a satchel. Yeah. Because they hopped on freights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what Robert Johnson knew how to do was fold his suit in a guitar case, <laughs> then put the guitar on it. He said, and then we get to where we going, Doug. He opened up that guitar case, take out the guitar, take out that suit and go, impressed. One of our local friends around here, uh, Eric Hughes, is a, I hope you get a chance you to did. meet him. I met Eric, you did, Eric. at he the music store. With, oh, you did? At Martin Music, yeah. there were Matt and Eric. Yeah, I was yeah. With Matt and Eric. Yeah, sure was. Yeah. And he's a he's a he's a bit of a historian himself, and he he does he plays a lot of uh, Robert's stuff, and he plays a lot like the way Robert played, you know. And he tells the story about Sweet Home Chicago, uh, and it's a beautiful story about how it was written, and uh, according to what he had said, he said, uh, out of, out of Mississippi, uh, Robert gets on. He hopped a train, got into a freight car. Had him some wine and he passed out, and the train had stopped in Memphis. And when he woke up, he thought he was in Chicago, and wrote the song "Sweet Home Chicago" there on the spot. Wow! But little did he know he was a long way, from, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. from there. Well, you know the history. Uh, I always get a kick out of this. Uh, um, I would tell you a story about the history, how these guys did things was kind of amazing. I, you know, I, I was telling Natalie, I worked with George, George Harmonica Smith. And, and yeah. George, he was like a father to me, honest to goodness. He was, he was born on April, April 22nd. I'm born on April 21st. And he was born on my natural father's birthday. And me and my natural father didn't get along, but George and I got along really good. Oh, that's right? great. Yeah. George and I were really close. So we were playing together. And we get done with this uh concert and a guy come up and go, George Smith. Joe go, yeah. He said, man, you are the best harmonica player in the world. And George said, thank you, baby. He said, where are you from? The guy said, I'm from Alabama. George said, I was born in Alabama. And the guy said, let me buy you a drink. And George said, okay. <laughs> so George drinking all night. Then a couple of nights later, we, we in another club. A guy will come up and say, George Smith, man, I love the way you play. George said, thank you, baby. George said, where are you from? The guy said, Montana. George said, I was born in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I need to remember this trick. I really do. You know. And, and so, and so a couple of nights later, I, I said, George, I said, George, where were you born? He said, Dub, I born wherever the liquor coming from. <laughs> Good point there, Dublus. So, so I think you gotta take the history with a grain of salt. Yeah, you know well, what you I mean? got to. And but that's that's part of the that's the beauty of the story behind the blues. It's know, there's it. there's so much character and 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 uh, soul into this that you can't you can't create that kind of thing. You know, it no, just you can't. it, it no. just has to happen. It does. I, I I feel so blessed that I was lucky enough to travel with those guys and learn from them. You know, and just uh, and I'll tell you something else. He taught me about traveling, and you know, my wife Patty's here, and we were going out. So on So you having road. to temper the story? Is that what you're getting at? Huh? Is she what? You having to temper the story a no, little bit? No, no. Now, now he knows she's going to correct him about something. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have that look on her face? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You tell it right, son. <laughs> A long walk home. That's it. So we were getting ready to go on the road, and he said to me, he said, Doug, 
He said, you got to get on the road with two women. I said, you know, Patty, I'm married to Patty. He said, yeah, but Patty going to like these women. <laughs> well, hello. I said, what are you talking about, George? He said, the women I'm talking about is Polly and Esther. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, those guys always had something to say. It was always fun to play with them. Well, you know, and travel. You, you're, you're very fortunate to have those experiences. You know, mm-hmm. not a lot of guys did. No. You know, that's really part of that lucky. passing of the torch. And, yep. you know, you have you've deservedly won the BMA, which is coming up next week, the BMA Awards. But right. you've 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 won. You won it a couple of times, didn't you? Uh, five. Five times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and what were the categories did you win? Uh, acoustic artist and acoustic album. Congratulations. Thank you. That's that's marvelous. Oh, it was a thrill. I'm going to tell you, it, it, it was a thrill. It, it doesn't get any less of a thrill. Are you going to call your name? You're going to go to the uh, the ceremony this this week. Yeah, this week? actually, yeah. I'm inducting. I'm doing the induction speech for Pee Wee Creighton. Oh, that's oh, great! Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm be doing that for him. So that's really something too, because uh, George was like a father to me, and Pee Wee was like your favorite uncle. Yeah, and he was he was a great guy. What a privileged life that was. I mean, it's I've been really I've been really fortunate. They they liked me. You know, they didn't they, have to. They, you know, they could have not. Yeah, absolutely, they could have not. <laughs> sure, you know. Some, you know, like yeah. when I tell the Lockwood story, when someone says he actually liked you, I said, "Yeah, he did." You know, you know, yeah. and and you survived it. Yeah, <laughs> even better. Uh, before we pause, uh, and and I, I do want to get to the story about the horse with no rider because we're going to yeah. play that in here a little bit. But but how about another tune? Well, let me see. I'm in a strange tuning. <laughs> And it's only getting stranger from here. <laughs> so let me go up here. You paying attention, Stephen? Uh, <laughs> he's like, not my thing. Not my thing. I was going, yeah, he's got it. Oh, he he tuned it. Now he's capoing in. Yeah. So you're in a bastard what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, no, no wonder the sheet music looked all effed up. <laughs> well, this is what, this is what Mr. Mr. Banks would call a ditty. A ditty. A ditty. He called it a ditty. Right. And uh, it, it's on on the album called the Utrecht Sessions, and it would not have gotten on the record unless Patty heard it. She was there for when we recorded, and I didn't think it was good. And she said, "It's a good song. Put it on there." <laughs> They're not all, like all that, that quiet nod that goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, yeah. All right, this one is called That Ain't Right. She won't tell me what's going on That ain't right That ain't right I don't get what you say That ain't right I said, baby, can we work this out? She said, nothing here to talk about That ain't right That ain't right I don't get what you say That ain't right 
She's a good looking woman, you know it true. Won't do it for me, but she do it for you. That ain't right. That ain't right. I don't care what you say. That ain't right. Well, she's saying one thing and doing another, running a game undercover. That ain't right. That ain't right. I don't care what you say. That ain't right. I said, baby, can we work this out? She said, nothing here to talk about. That ain't right. That ain't right. I don't care what you say. That ain't right. Say she's gone with the girls at night. Come home late, smell like old spice. That ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. I don't care what you say. That ain't right. So I got me a woman on the side. Now I've been getting what I've been denied, and that's all right. That's all right. I don't care what you say. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That ain't right at all. No. That's a little ditty right there. A little ditty. Beautiful. Beautiful. Tell me about Horse with No Rider, Doug. Horse with No Rider. That's a George, George Harmonica Smith story. When I first worked with George, whew, probably the best entertainer I had ever worked with in my entire life. And why? Because he put the people first. I learned from George that what you do is you put you out first, and then the audience responds to you. Sometimes entertainers want the audience to respond to them first. But George was, you go first, and then they go. And I would go visit him on his porch at uh, 4811 Wadsworth Avenue in South Central L.A. And it was like if somebody took a hunk of Mississippi and dropped it in L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody knew George. Everybody knew George would sit down on his porch and everybody wave and everything. And I remember there was a, an old woman. Her name was Miss Jackson. She was something like 95 or 96 years old. And every day she'd take a little, she had one of those walkers with like a place where she, she could put a market on it. And she would walk to the to market, and she would come back walking by George's house. And this one particular afternoon, George saw her, and he looked at her, and he said, Ooh, Miss Jackson. She said, Hello, George. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, you got you to gotta know... You got to know that she only bought enough market for one day because she didn't know if she's going to be here the next day. <laughs> only bought for one day. Damn. Okay. So old George yeah. looked at her and go, ooh, Miss Jackson, ooh, don't you look good today? She said, oh, George, hush. And then she kept on walking. See? <laughs> and she walked past it and then she said, hold on, Miss Jackson, hold on. He said, there's a whole lot of market in your car today. You got a man coming over your house? <laughs> she go, oh, George. And you kept on walking. And what I, I realized is that I think she wanted to be walking by George's house when he was on that porch. I think she wanted to be entertained. Yeah. Yeah. And I think George wanted to entertain her. Entertainment to him didn't stop when you're off, off the bandstand. Entertaining was something that was a gift that you gave. That you do wherever you are. Wherever you are. If yeah. you make somebody feel a little bit better, that's a good thing. Now, that's we'd be sitting on the porch. Now, there was no smoking or drinking on that porch <laughs> because Teen, who's still alive, 
was a church woman, and she absolutely prohibited that. Okay. But every once in a while, she had to go to church meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the things on that porch had changed. <laughs> George had a refrigerator out on the side of his house, plugged in with an orange extension cord, a chain around it, and a padlock on it. <laughs> but that's where he kept his barbecue meat, his pell-mell cigarettes, and his Budweiser beer. I hear you. So... When Teen would leave, George would say, I'll be back, Doug. And he'd go out there and he'd open up that refrigerator and come back with a, a can of Budweiser and some pell-mell cigarettes. And we'd sit down on the porch and he'd open up a can and give it to me. And then he'd open up his can. And now I'm sitting to drink. And he said, hold on, Doug. Hold on. It's such a beautiful day in Los Angeles. We have to make a toast. I said, okay, George, what's a toast? He said, Doug, we're going to drink these Buds. But we ain't going to get no wiser. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So, after what, something happened. We, we were drinking the beer, and now we're getting to what happened where he told me the story. He said, Dub, I ever tell you about the horse and no rider? I said, no. And he told me this story about the little village he was from in Mississippi, where they would see what? what we call harvest moon, the big, big moon, mm -hmm. big full moon yeah. that sits right on there. Oh, yeah. He said that that was an omen, that a horse with no rider would come into the village that night and take someone, that someone would have died, and they would have lost someone. He told that story, and uh, it must have been 20 minutes that's that story inspired the song we're going to hear now called Horse with No Rider. Actually, I'll play it right out of the break, but uh, but yeah, it's coming. With, with the song we're going to hear right after the break. Right after the break. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix it in post, Dub. Okay. <laughs> There's no post, it's live. Are you kidding? No, it's beautiful. No, no, it's, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Great. I think you'll like it. Radio Memphis Around the World with D. Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central on Radio Memphis. Coming on Tell me What's that coming on To the night Come a horse with no rider got to go Broken dream Torn down sack Broken dream 
torn down shack. Once that heart get it right on, you don't look back. They say blind, but I feel to see. They say he blind, I feel to see. Won't somebody tell me who will it rather be? Doug McLeod in the Booze and the Blues, having some fun. Thank you so much for coming down tonight. I really thank do. you for having me, Rick. It's been a pleasure. You know, Natalie, any, thank you for having me. Anytime you want to just come and hang and be a part of this mess, you yes. are more than welcome. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, we've, we've, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, and I know Patty has too. So good. No, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Making both. this feel so welcome here. Well, your your uh, your music is a is a is a testament of what Memphis music and, and and blues is about and and that's what i like you know I, to me what turns my crank is the audience learning something new mm. I, I want even if they think they know, they understand it but hearing it another from another perspective hearing somebody who has dedicated their life to it like you have yeah that's that's important and and i and i it, we we it's it's a bit i guess maudlin but we're we've we're losing these blues greats over yeah. over time, you know, and there's not. It doesn't seem like there's much behind it, but there are. There's some. There's some great kids that are out there that mm-hmm. are doing fantastic work, and 
to uh, to hear a guy like you come in here with this perspective from the West Coast who has got you've, you you don't I don't know that you realize it, but you have deep roots here. Your music does. Your your style of play is very rooted in in this area in the Mid South. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, I felt that way. Maybe that's why we felt like this is the place place to come. Well, Mr. Banks taught you well. Yeah, he did. He, he <laughs> what a sweet man. He well, not at first he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> not at first. Well, you know, everybody has their sins. You know, it's as, as such as it is. And uh, and and. To share your music with us is is very special to me. I've I've had a ball this evening. Well, me thank too. you. I, I'm glad, guys. I mean, really, because we really. I'll be honest to you. We really wanted to feel. We want to belong here. We felt like this is the place to be, and we want to be part of this uh, community. And and because the love of the music. I mean, when we came here, I just saw how the history of this music and how you all respect it. There's a lot of places in Europe. They there's a lot of Europeans that do, right? Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A lot of Europeans oh, sure. got it, mm-hmm. but in some other big big cities, not not so much. But when you come here, it's like people know. Well, well I, I, I didn't mean to step on you here, but I, what I wanted to tell you, and perhaps this is along those lines, Memphis is a tough town for a performer. Hmm. It is. Okay. Um, it, there's there's a. There's kind of a running joke, and it's kind of a sad joke, really, but you can always tell the Memphis musician or the Memphis music fan is in the room because they, the ones that are standing in the back of the room with their arms crossed, <laughs> and, they, and they just kind of nod along going, yeah, this guy's, this guy's got it. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's where it's at. And you see that, and it's, on the surface it seems un, you know kind of unfortunate, but at the same time, there's there's deep respect in that. That's yeah, just say. That's the Memphis musicians that are here. Um you know, you playing the jams, you probably have seen a little bit of that and maybe not have paid that much attention to it. But there's hmm. the, the the fans here, the, the true Memphis musicians uh, and, and the music fans, they, they understand how complicated it can be, how delicate it can be. Hmm. But at the same time, you're not, you know, you, you, you might book a night at a, at a club someplace and may not see a full house, but that, that pressure is there that it is, is still going to be something special and magical. Because I think Memphians in general think of it as like, eh, we can catch them another night. Hmm. Yeah, well. Uh, and that's unfortunate. It really, you know, it's a $5 cover town. That's what it is. Well, you know? Well, you know, it's like, you know, like, like George you used to say to me, he's, he used to say, uh, uh, your steak on the road and hamburger at home. Yeah. You know? My, my comment was going to be more along the lines of uh, you'll, you'll realize, you'll come to realize the longer you were here and the more people that you meet that the blues community in Memphis is like, we're kind of like one big family. It is. And it becomes apparent when you go to a benefit, and we do a lot of these for people, where all the musicians show up. And you can see the love in the room mm. because a lot of them will be there. They're usually they're out playing. They don't get to hook up a lot. Right. But it, something special happens when all of them come out. You know. Yeah. Oh, there's magic together. here. Oh, there's and, a lot of oh, magic. I bet. Here. And, I mean, and you'll you see that. It. Yeah. yeah I'm sure it. we will. I can feel it. I can feel that there's a. You know, like we said when we first started this show, there was this this city called us. You feel a calling. Mm-hmm. I will. T- be here. I will tell you this on on a, on a nice upshot to that. Mm-hmm. 
when you wherever it is that you go and you you say I'm a Memphis musician yeah the the doors in this world will open wide for you you know it, you know what I'll tell you something I was flying back I had to I had a gig in San Francisco and on the connection I had to fly from San Francisco to Los Angeles and then fly to LA and I can't I mean fly from LA to Memphis and I can't tell you how good it felt to see the sign that said Memphis. Yeah. And it said, that's my home. That's my home. Uh, that's where I'm going now. You know? That's great. We, we deal with a lot of Memphis musicians here, clearly. But when they go to Europe yeah, and they walk into a club and they're just checking out the local scene to get a beer, a drink at the bar, they listen to some band that's up on the stage and... The bartender might say, where are you guys from? And they go, well, we're from Memphis. And they go, oh, oh, shit. Oh, no. We're kicking that band off the stage. You're going up next. <laughs> they, and they do it every time. The local television crews show up, everything. It's it's a big deal because they, they understand the power of the music from this area. It, it, and you play it well, as though you have been here your entire life. Well, maybe I, I think I learned from the right people. You did, you know, and I want I wanted to learn from them. I wanted to. I wanted to learn from them. I think that you know back back in those days when I was younger, there were no real like CDs or YouTube or oh. any of that. So you had to you had to. We had LP records and maybe a cassette if, that, if we were lucky, you know. And, but the old black bluesmen had to like you, and they had to take you to where these places were that they played. Oh, sure. And if you were real lucky, maybe they teach you something. But you had to prove yourself to them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And I think I was just so stubborn. I, no matter if they like me or not, I was going to learn this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've done well. Thanks. You have done very, very Thank well. And, uh, and I could not be more proud to welcome you as a Memphis musician. Thank you, Rick. Well, Patty and I are awful glad to be here. I mean that. Well, good. We're glad to have you here. Yeah, yeah we'll, lovely couple. We'll, lovely couple. We'll talk Mexican restaurants after we get off the air. Yeah, man, yeah, let's we'll, do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll find we'll find you a little bit of that Southwest somewhere around here, but there's a couple of decent spots, that's for sure. Uh, we got we got time for a couple of tunes here. Um, what are you thinking? What do you what do you, what would you like to what would you like to play? I think I might do a song that. Uh, I was going to do something else, but I changed my mind. Uh-oh. This is a song I wrote when I traveled with George Smith. This one's called The Long Black Train. I believe we're all on the train. And all of us know where we got on the train. But none of us know where we get off the train. We ride along, enjoy the ride. And then one day the conductor come up next to your seat, put his hand on your shoulder, and he say, this is your stop. <laughs> Get your ass off the train. <laughs> you said, no, I think I'd like to ride a little further. He said, no, this is your stop. And you got to get off that train, don't you? Now, maybe somebody there with you, maybe not. Maybe another train coming, maybe not. But one thing you know for sure is you watch that train pull away from the station. That train didn't need you. Going without you, 
When you get what I call a humblization, you start to realize the unimportance of your importance and maybe the importance of your unimportance. This song called A Long Black Train goes sound exactly like this. Yonder come the wizard Selling the magic on the street You find a young girl Who say man my life ain't complete Wizard say here's some magic Gonna ease your pain And somewhere in the heartland Start to rain Girl, go home, put the magic in her soul. Day grow dim, night grow cold. Thunder and lightning rain on their heart. And the mama wake up screaming, her baby gone. Every baby born to somebody dying For every truth that's told Somebody's lying And for every one to quit Somebody's trying And the long black train Rolling down the line Old man in the pines, they say he played the blues so well. People come to hear the music and the stories he would tell. He talk of a life that had gone and passed us by. Had took more courage to live than it did to die. His words, they're simple, but his wisdom shone through. His talk of bones and mojo put a chill in you. When the angels came for him, they tell me it snowed that night. Somewhere in them Virginia pine, still burn a light. For every baby born to somebody dying For every truth that's told somebody's lying If you ever want to quit somebody's trying In that long black train rolling down the line
Every baby born to somebody dying For every truth that told somebody lying If everyone quits, somebody's trying And that long black train rolling down the line This old man on the platform, he, he smiles as people walk by. If you're looking real close, you can still see a little boy left in his eye. Little girl with a mama, she playing with a toy. I saw an old woman half stocking, she can't find no joy. Have you ever heard somebody holler? I ain't never had no chance. <laughs> I swear that's the music make the devil want to dance. So every baby born, somebody dying. For every truth they're told, somebody's lying. If you ever want to quit, somebody trying. And that long black train is rolling down the line. California boys can play. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kid. He's You're a, a Memphis boy. He's now. a Memphis boy now. That's where. That's where. Speaking of, I want to buy your records. Where do I go to get them? Uh, Amazon.com, iTunes, uh, my website, which is www.doug-mcleod. You spell the last name M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Yeah. Dot com. That's if where we Google want them to go. It, That's on. where because you don't have to pay those of the fees, you know. Yeah. Uh, get them from the website. That's where it's at. That'd be really nice, and they're already signed. Oh, mm -hmm. I can get a personalized record over there. Well, they're well, not personalized. It's, it's signed. signed. It's already signed. <laughs> you, you sat there. Yeah, Patty's going. Here's a marker, bitch. Come on, sign it all out. Hey, these people are going to get something for God's sake. Yeah. No. no. So, so get a signed copy at Doug McLeod. Doug. Hyphen McLeod. Doug-McLeod.com. Yes, that's yeah. how you say it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it works, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we, we don't I – mean, I mean, I understand iTunes and all those stuff, but we get them to where you don't have to lose any extra money. That'd know? be nice to get it there, you mm -hmm. know. 
And uh, hopefully one day, if you can't buy, it'd be cool to Spotify. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. Right. We haven't got there yet. I, I hear you. Thinking. And of course, uh, you got any shows coming up? Uh, you got any? You got any gigs uh, that are Nothing happening here in Memphis? I'm. I'm. I'm well, I we're going to fix I, that. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, Friday. Yeah, I'm doing a. That's right at Silky O'Sullivan's. Oh, Beale Street with um, Fiona Boys and myself. It's a. Um, Reference recordings is putting on the show. It's called Up, Up Close and Personal. We're yeah. going to go a couple of sets at 4.30 in the afternoon. On there Friday. you yeah. go. That's Silky That just happened now. So that's great. Oh, that's it. wonderful. Yeah. Again, so. Silky's is a fun room. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. You need, Patty, don't get the diver. Don't get that bucket of whatever that 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 yeah, mess whatever. is. You don't need all no. that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ladies. <laughs> it's a it's a bucket of liquor, and they put a bunch of straws in it. Oh my! Oh my and goodness. you carry it up and down the street. And oh, it's oh my! Oh, I've seen that. Yes, I've yes, seen that and everybody drinks out of it. And then you got something to puke it back into. It's oh, just, oh, it's, oh it's, it's but that's a famous thing down there. It's, okay, yeah, okay. And go see the goats. You'll you'll enjoy that. The goats. The goats? Are, they have goats in the bar. Goats. Goats. On the patio. Yeah, on the patio. They're outside. They're not, they're not like wandering through. It's not like a livestock thing. But they're outside. They have a patio, and you can go out there, and you can see the goats. And they and they, they yeah. Trust me. When you go to Silky's, when you get a break, go outside, and you'll see them. I'll see the goats. You'll see the goats. And I'll think of you. There's like three or four of them. Oh, you'll think of more than that. <laughs> Uh, before we wrap it up, Doug, how about one more? Wow. Okay. I'll We're getting one. our money's worth. Tonight, We're, I, no, we? I'm, I, told, I told you I was going to squeeze him for everything he's got tonight. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We do one that uh, was inspired by uh, a group that was an influence of mine. Yeah. Uh, back when I was younger, back when I met Mr. Banks. And they were, they were guys that a lot of people have never heard of. There was Spider John Kerner, Dave Snaker Ray. And Tony Little Son Glover. They were from Minneapolis. And they did for acoustic blues in the 60s what the Paul Butterfield Band did for electric blues. Wow. These guys were really something. And one of the things they did was uh, was a holler. And on my new record, uh, the most recent record called uh, Break, Break the Chain, there's a, a holler on it called Going Home. And maybe I should do that now. And we'll close with that because it'll that'd be, a be perfect than if you if you don't mind doing it. I don't mind doing it. Let me just get my mind right. Let me get my mind right. I'm on my way to my home. I'm on my way to my home. And if tomorrow might find me gone, just know. I'm going home. Well, I come here, but not to stay. Yes, I come here, but not to stay. Yes, I come here, but not to stay. Going home one fine day. And on that day, won't be alone and on that day won't be alone and on that day won't be alone with my angels I'm going home and I'm on my way 
to my home. I'm on my way to my home. And if tomorrow I find me gone, just know I'm going home. Fantastic. Thank you. What a way to end it. Doug McLeod, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much, sir. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Natalie. Thank, thank you, fellas. Everybody, thank you so much. We built this we built this place for guys like you. Anytime you want to come and play, you're more than welcome. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. Thank you. Or guys. just come and hang out. Yeah, you just want to come and hang um, out. See, that would be nice too. Yeah, we got Maybe we, I'd drink a beer there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Uh, next week, next week you might want to you might want to stop in if you're in town. Uh, next Sunday night, uh, we've we've got a really really cool show. Um, we have the daughter of Eddie Taylor coming in. I Brenda heard. Taylor's coming in. You know, I'm gonna be in Seattle. You're gonna be in Seattle. Cancel the trip, dog. <laughs> Is it a paying gig? <laughs> it better be. It better be. Well, then, then fine. Uh, and I'll. Also, uh, we've got the daughter of Jimmy Reed going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. And that's going Mark was saying that. That's and we've got the house band going to be playing here, too. You can tune in if you're not doing anything up there. It'll be West Coast time, so it's a couple hours. So, uh, you know. Is it live? You oh, it's live. Yeah, this has it's been live. live. Yeah, this is live. Yeah. Does it stream? Yes. Right there. Radio-Memphis.com. You've been on camera the entire time. Now we tell him. Now we tell him. We like this. He's over there scratching his ass every time. Every time he turns around. Says, it's all part of the fun, I my friend. I didn't know radio was television. You know what I mean? I know. It's, it's the internet. It's, it's a weird thing. You know, most of our audience is through the TuneIn app, and they, they catch oh, us, yeah, and it's just yeah, audio yeah. only. So, yeah, you know. how cool is that? So. That's great. It's great that a show like this is on the air. For people all, all over the world to hear. Yeah. Well, it's imp- it's we feel it's important for guys like you to be heard. Well, thanks. Well, thanks for making it possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Doug McLeod, you can find him at Doug Dash M A C L E O D dot com. Otherwise known as Dub. Dub <laughs> or Dub Dubless. Dubless. Uh, if you're mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> How could you be mad at Dubless? <laughs> It's just a great name. It's awesome. Dub, thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having us. All right, coming up out of the break, we'll continue on. We got music into the overnight hours. Uh, we got some overtime, too, here. Uh, Daddy Mac Blues Band happening here. Just with some Darren J and the Delta Souls. Got some Fred Sanders. Uh, we were we were talking about Fred earlier. Uh, we got Fuzzy Jeffries, Ghost Town Blues Band. It's all coming up next. Uh, up right out of the break, uh, it's, it's Doug's song, Nightbird. I'm going to play it. Oh, the one that Eva Cassidy covered. Yeah, tell me about oh, that real quick. Oh, yeah, tell me this. Oh, man. Oh, you didn't know. Oh, let me tell you about Tell me this. about We got time, yeah. Tell me. Oh, do we have a little time? Yeah, we got time, yeah. I've been fortunate. I've, uh, Albert King has done a song of mine. Albert Collins did a song of mine. But the Eva Cassidy song was a song that I wrote. So when everybody hears this song, this song's about a prostitute that I live with in Norfolk. And I actually live with a couple of them. This was... This was she was a she was a good person. It was a funny thing, you know. She, she's not supposed to fall in love with a John, and John's not supposed to fall in love with her. Right. It wasn't really that kind of deal. We kind of met and we kind of hooked up, and we fell in love. And then I broke off with her, I, 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 because I didn't want my parents knowing about that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm? Mean? I think that's the I, real I, reason I, now I, I think you. about it. I feel you. But then I was thinking about her. And I wrote this song, and then a, guy, a disc jockey in Washington, D.C., picked it up off the album No Road Back Home, started to play it every Sunday. 
in D.C., and Eva Cassidy heard it, and then she did it. But I never knew she did it because that was back in the day. There was the, the, the um, record company I was with was less than honest, and we didn't know that she Say it ain't so. They didn't give you all your money. <laughs> and it was Patty that was, that turned me on to that song being recorded by Eva Cassidy. We were driving back from National Guitars back back home, and I'm a big baseball fan. And the St. Louis Cardinals were playing the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Vince Scully was going to announce that game. And I had to hear that game. Oh, yeah. So oh, the great Vince Scully. And we were, we, we were driving back, and she said, I want you to hear something. And I said, Patty, I said, this is the Dodgers and the Cardinals. <laughs> then that Scully's going to announce this game. And no, you said, got to hear this. <laughs> she said, you got to hear this. And when she said it with that tone of voice, I said, okay. So she put the CD in, and I heard Eva Cassidy doing Nightbird. And it moved me so much, I had to pull over the side of the road. The tears were in, in my eyes that she could interpret that song and knew it. I never got a chance to meet her and, and talk, to, talk to her. I did meet her mom and dad. I did a show there that they came out and said hi and said how much she loved that song. And I... I said to her mother, I couldn't say it to her father, but I said it to her mother. I said, she knew what that song was about, didn't she? And her mother said, yes, she knew. I'd like to break my heart, man. Wow. So this is Nightbird. Mm-hmm. What a way to end the show. I'll say. You're the man, Doug. <laughs> well, I don't know. To her, I was at one time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. The proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com.